Local Matters brings you incredible stories about Indiana original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. I'm Mel McMahon, and today we will get the story of how Cindy Hawkins started Circle City Suites. It's exactly how it sounds. We'll talk about the challenges and the successes along the way and why supporting local businesses really matters. You're listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, leading local living. Cindy Hawkins, Circle City Suites, thank you so much for joining us on Local Matters. Thank you for asking me. I appreciate it. Now, for listeners who aren't familiar with your shop, tell us, what is Circle City Suites? I hate to describe it as a French pastry shop because we're really, I'm a good old Hoosier, so it's a little bit of everything. Um, I'm French trained, so I do lean a little bit more in terms of macarons and croissants, um, breads. Um, But, you know, we, we make the sugar cookies that I grew up on. I'm 50 some odd years old and I've been eating these cookies since I was a little girl. Um, so we still make those chocolate chip cookies, brownies, cakes, carrot cake. Um, so we kind of play a little bit with almost everything. And what we have in front of us today is absolutely beautiful. Thank I wish uh, we had, you know, television capabilities right now, <laughs> but I see we have some granolas yep. that look delicious and we have a croissant as big as my head right. in yeah. front of me. Tell us what else is on the plate here. Sure. I brought our ham and cheese croissant. We use Smoking Goose's City Ham uh, and Gruyere. Uh, it's a wonderful savory croissant. We do our plain butter croissant, just the classic. I, I always say that's how you judge a, a pastry shop is by their butter croissant because um, that tells you a lot. Um, we brought a variety of our French macarons in, and then some of our heart-shaped sugar cookies. We're, we're tired of the snowflakes for the winter, even though it hasn't snowed much. We're ready for Valentine's. So. Yeah, well, it's absolutely beautiful and smells amazing. Thank I want to talk about these little guys here. How do you pronounce that? Macaron. Is that the same thing as what Hoosiers call macaroons? Well, most people call macarons macaroons, but we're okay. We'll let you call them whatever you want. Um, a macaroon with two O's is the coconut cookie. Um, a lot of times you'll see it dipped oh, in chocolate. Um, a macaron is a French meringue. So there's a variety of types of macarons. These are technically Parisian macarons. So it's a baked meringue shell that it's paired with, um, paired with another cookie and then uh, filled with something awesome. So I know you haven't seen the Great British Baking Show. I have not. But this is a really big deal on okay. that show because it's kind of like the test, oh, right? Okay. Like if you can make this, then you can make anything. What makes these so special? I wish I knew. Um, it's so funny that, you know, we, I've been making them for, gosh, 12, 13 years. Um, and at the time, we were probably the only shop in town making them. And they weren't nearly as awesome as they are now. I was a, a newbie at that point of making them in my career. But um, all of a sudden, everyone knew what they were. And everyone wanted them. Um, and, and their shops popping up all over. I mean, there's the macaron shop that, you know, they're all they make are macarons. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I used to joke all the time that we should create just a little kiosk to have like in malls and stuff. And all we sold were macarons. And then all of a sudden they're as a business it, doing yeah, that. So I, I should it. have acted a little, little quicker. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know where the, where the um, excitement came from them, but I'm certainly grateful for it. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. What's your favorite thing to bake? I hate when people ask me that question. I always say it's like asking who's your favorite kid. Um, Everyone has a favorite kid. Let's well, be I'm, honest. I'm both of my parents' favorite kid. I know that. But um, honestly, I don't really know. I, I like to play around. Um, you know, I can do everything. I'm not very strong. In, like, I'm not a cake decorator. I can make a, I can do a wedding cake. I've done beautiful wedding cakes. It's not my strength. Mm-hmm. It's not where I would prefer to go. Um, so I have an amazing person, Tanya Smith, who does, um, she's my head baker and has been with me for almost 10 years. Um, she's been our go-to cake decorator for almost the whole time she's been there. Um, but I like to make the macarons. I like to teach classes, honestly. I mean, I, you know, my undergrad degree is from Butler in education and I never taught. I did my student teaching and decided I didn't want to be a teacher. Um, so I never went into teaching until about 
12 years ago or so when I started adjuncting first at the Art Institute. Um, and then I left there and ended up full-time at Ivy Tech in the baking department. So I love doing the classes, um, getting to work one-on-one with people, um, but really baking almost anything. I, I really I love to bake. I mean, the only thing we won't make in our shop are cupcakes. We're an anti-cupcake shop. Oh, really? Yes, we are. We're an anti-cupcake shop. Um Except for two weeks a year. For two weeks a year, we make one cupcake. It's our car bomb cupcake. We will be changing the name to something more long, not so. Um, some people don't like the name. It's named after the drink. Okay. So it's the um, Irish car bomb drink. Yeah, so you it's, drop it's a, a Guinness. Yeah, it's a shot, shot of Bailey's of and, and, or something. Well, it's Bailey's and um, uh, Jameson. Oh yeah, dropped into a Guinness. Yeah. So we do. What a am Guinness. I thinking of? What's I, the one you dropped Jameson in? I don't know. No, no, there's Jameson and Bailey's in the in that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a Guinness chocolate cupcake with a um, Jameson ganache center and a Bailey's mm-hmm. buttercream, kind of a cream cheese buttercream. Um, but we do that for exactly two weeks. We start two weeks to the day before St. Patrick's Day, and we stop on St. Patrick's Day. And other than that, we will not make a cupcake. Um, <laughs> so pretty much anything else. I mean, yeah. I, I love to just play around. We'll find yeah. a recipe or see something. Um, you know, I just got a recipe the other day from one of our reps, um, one of our food vendors, and I was like, oh, that looks amazing. So we're making it just, just to see. Yeah. And if we like it, we might add it and tweak it and so, see what happens. Yeah. What did you want to be when you grew up? As a child, I wanted to be a ballerina. Really? I did. I checked out the little ballerina book every day, every week of the library. My mom would yell at me, check out a different book. Um, no, I originally was, I went to Butler for my undergrad to be a pharmacist. Um, I love math and I love science and I loved chemistry. I loved all of that in, in high school. Um, and I was dead set I was going to be a pharmacist. And I got to Butler in the first semester. It was a lot of review, high school chemistry, high school, you know, a lot of the same same things. So nothing was difficult yet, but it just didn't seem very exciting to me. And people were very stressed out. And I was walking around campus one day and I ran into this gentleman um, and he was like, are you OK? Because I must have looked a little lost mm-hmm. and I was like I don't know you know I came here I was meant to be a pharmacist but I don't think I am and I talked to him for about I don't know 45 minutes or so and it turned out to be the emeritus dean of the college of education oh and I hello. left and I went and changed my major <laughs> to education so I actually got my undergrad degree in um, elementary education with a gifted and talented endorsement and I absolutely loved my student teaching I had two I was in two schools here in central Indiana one up in Carmel and one in Washington Township and I loved it I loved every minute of it but I knew I didn't want to be a teacher And I'd been really active on campus as a student at Butler. Um, And I was talking to our YMCA advisor, and he's like, well, you know, Cindy, you could do these things for a job that you do for fun now. So I actually went to Texas for grad school, and I got my master's in, um, it's called Leisure Services Management, which is a really great title of a degree when your sister's in law school. Which then refers to your your degree as play school. What did you do in play school today, Cindy? Uh Um, So I got my master's down in Texas, and then I moved back here, really thought I'd get into amateur sports. Um, I worked in um, inter- intramural rec sports um, at North Texas, um, and I absolutely loved it. And I ended up with the Parks Department here in Indianapolis for a few years. Um, and then a job opened up at Butler in the alumni office. And I'd had such an amazing experience as an undergrad that I um, jumped at the chance to go work back at my alma mater. So I went to Butler and worked there for about seven or eight years. Um, then we had a lot of office departmental changes, and my boss left, who was a great boss. Um, so I ended up over at Community East. But in the meantime, I'd always worked in restaurants. Mm-hmm. I'd always kept my hand in, in either waiting tables or bartending. So I was a front of the house person. Um, but I was always also baked. And I baked for everybody. And every office gathering, people would put in their requests on what I needed to bring and things like that. So it just kind of, I've accidentally fell into baking as a career. Um, I think it's probably something I would have, if I'd have thought about it, I might have thought, oh, I think I want to be a pastry chef. Um, but it never dawned on me. 
So I just kind of, um, I fell into it. My, you know, my husband was working at Wolfgang Pucks, and their first New Year's Eve, he didn't have to work, but wanted to work. So he asked the chef if I could come in and work with the pastry department for the shift. So I actually worked a longer shift than he did. Um, and when I left, the pastry chef was like, well, when did you want to start? I'm like, well, no, no, this wasn't, I actually just quit waiting tables. I was, mm-hmm. I was only working at Butler. And I was like, no, I'm not really looking for a part-time job. And then I couldn't quit thinking about mm-hmm. it. So next thing I know, I was working Saturdays at Pucks doing their brunch prep. Um, was this at the IMA? At the IMA, yep, yeah, at mm-hmm. the IMA. It was a beautiful restaurant. Um, so I'd go in and, on Saturdays and just work, you know, six, seven, eight hours and do brunch prep. Um, and I learned a lot with the pastry chef there. And then it kind of slowed down, down. They didn't really need me on payroll. So I went ahead and quit coming in. And then um, a number of years later, or another, I'm sorry, another number of months later, um, the chef had changed and we were having a drink with him, an old friend of ours. And he said, um, a good friend of mine is coming down to be the pastry chef. You should come back and work with him. Well, it turns out it was Pete Schmutty, who is owner of Leviathan Bakery now. Ah, yes. But so Pete, um, Pete was the pastry chef. So I started working with him. And um, my mom and my sister and some college friends were meeting in Chicago to go shopping around Christmas. And he said, well, while you're there, you should go check out this school, the French pastry school. So I did. And I was hooked. I, I went up to the school and I had um, uh, toured and it was just an amazing, amazing school. So I took a three day class in January that, that next month um, with my college roommate and just loved it. And then I went back in July and took another class just by myself, a, um, a French entremet and tarts class. And the chef who was teaching the class was like, why aren't you in our program? I said, well, I live in, live in Indianapolis and my husband's a chef. And he's like, oh, I get it. I get it. So I came home and my husband and I the next night were sitting on our patio, probably two bottles of wine into dinner. And he said, I've got it all figured out. I'm going to transfer to Pucks in Chicago. We're going to rent our house for six months. You're going to you're going to go to school. And I what did you think of I that? I was furious because I don't like change. Oh, I don't like okay. I don't I, I, I worked at the at this time. Now I was working for Community Health Network. I was the director of volunteer programs um, at Community East. And I loved that job. And I was not interested in this idea at all. And I was like, I'm going to bed. And I stormed off and went to bed. And I sat in my office the whole next day. And all I could think about was going to pastry school. So I got on their site and I was looking at everything. And I called my husband and I said, I can't quit thinking about it. He says, well, apply. What do you have to lose? So I applied. I got in. And then that January, I started. I quit my job. I semi-moved to Chicago. I had an apartment with some folks. Um, and I semi-commuted, so I was actually working as a pastry chef for Bugs Temple at the time. Okay. So um, I would right come home. Canal. Yep. I would come um, come down and work all weekend long, and I would head back up Sunday night to school, Friday afternoon, get back to Indianapolis, work all weekend long. Um, and it's in a six-month intensive French program. So I did that, and then um, really just at that point, I kind of became more of a consultant for Bugs Temple. Um, and we just decided to try being self-employed and see what would happen. So what gave so, you the courage to open your own place? <laughs> stupidity I guess I don't know I don't know if I'd say courage being naive uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well you know it's funny because Roger you know my husband's a chef and and I always we always joke that I kept the straight job for the insurance and the retirement and all that kind of stuff um, so when we decided to do this it was it was really kind of scary to some degree um, but we have a wonderful wonderful friend Matt Mills owns Mills Catering up off uh, North Keystone and he just let me use space in his kitchen so I got licensed in his space and I just started doing farmers market and some wholesale um and it just took off. I mean, it just took off like crazy. And the number one question everyone had is, where's your shop? Where's your shop? Well, I didn't have a shop. I didn't have a retail location. So um, we really thought about it for a long time. We actually were looking um, to the spot where Pots and Pans is now on college. Mm-hmm. When we first heard, we're big fans of Greg Hardesty. So when Greg was going in with Recess in Room 4 over there, it was just Recess at the time, um, we knew that was going to be a great corner. So we looked into that, um, you know, and we were... We were new at all of this. We didn't have the financing. We didn't have a whole lot. 
um, to invest in it, into it. So getting a standalone building really wasn't an option for me at the time, mm-hmm. which is how we ended up at the city market. Um, my former boss at Community Health Network is a former board president of the market and was good friends with the, the director, Jim Riley. And he said, you need to go meet with them. So we did. And, um, and it worked out great. It was a great spot for me to, to have my first retail location and to really grow our business. And how long have you been in business now? Um, I've been in business for 16 years. We've been at the city market. It would be 11 in May, but we are moving locations. So it's almost 11 years that we've been in the city market. And what, what keeps you going? What, what makes you do it every day? <laughs> right? I um, had a double macchiato right. yesterday. I was doing dishes until oh 9 p.m. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I was well asleep <sighs> by 9 p.m. Um, what keeps me doing it? I, I love what I do. I mean, you know, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I'm not a, I joke all the time I'm a baker, not a banker. Um, bookkeeping and website stuff and, you know, all of those things that you also take on when you decide to do something on your own um, is just sometimes overwhelming. But I love what I do. I love I love baking. I love making people happy. I love the people I've met. I mean, you know, the Carmel Farmers Market alone is such a great place for us. We've been there um, all the entire time I've been in business. I've had a stand at the market. I think this is our fifteenth year at the Carmel Market, and I've watched kids who were you know just toddlers who are in high school or some kids in med school now, older kids, um, and just seeing everybody and they, and they've all just become great friends of ours and. Um, and I just love it. I just love making people happy and, and excited when you post a picture of something new you make and all of a sudden everyone's like, we need that. Where can we get that? I mean, it's just exciting. It's just a fun feeling. Coming up, the challenges and successes Cindy Hawkins has had along the way and what she wants you to know about starting your own business. This is Local Matters. Hi, I'm Lance. And I'm Mel. In the spring of 2012, we were walking around downtown Indianapolis. We were looking for someplace local for dinner. We threw out a restaurant name and Mel asked, Is it local? That simple question became a much bigger conversation and our company, Indiana Originals, was born. Every Indiana Originals member is certified local. That means the business is an Indiana-owned and operated company, headquartered here, and not part of an out-of-state chain. When you discover and support a business on our website or on our app, you are keeping more money in Indiana, helping our communities be unique, and creating jobs. If you spent 5% more on goods and services from Indiana, we would have $1.8 billion more for our schools and infrastructure. So when you break it down, that's just $35 per household per week. When you see the Indiana Originals badge, you know you are supporting local Indiana businesses. Download our app powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains and get your business certified local at indianaoriginals.com. Indiana Originals, leading local living. Hello, listeners of Local Matters. This is McFarling Foods, and you know, 2020 was quite a year. McFarling Foods was there through it all because McFarling Foods is serious about partnership. We are in this together. That's what it's all about. We care about what's best for your business. How can we help? And McFarling Foods is a partner to local independent restaurants because, hey, anyone can sell you food. Wouldn't you rather have a partner? A partner who's invested in this same community. McFarling Foods. We're local. This is our home, too. It's where we live, where we work, and where we raise our families. See, nothing's more important to us than our community and our neighbors right here in central Indiana. Oh, and we are very proud to be an Indiana original. For more about McFarling, go to McFarling.com. That's McFarling.com. We've been chatting with Cindy Hawkins of Circle City Suites, who started doing her business in what year? Uh, 2004. 
2004. It's been a while. Feels like yeah. forever ago. Yes, it does. <laughs> what is the hardest part about just being a business owner? Um, I think the, the hardest thing is wearing 57 different hats. Um, I can't imagine anyone would say anything differently unless you've got a huge amount of money that you can pay someone to do all the stuff for you. Um, you know, I've got two websites currently, one active and one we're building, but I don't have time to finish the other one. So I'm paying for two. Um, but those kinds of things, you know, learning how to figure out taxes, learning how to figure out, um, you know, you balance your own checkbook. But now when you have many different businesses and, you know, two different corporations and keeping it all straight and, you know, your accountant wringing your neck because you don't have everything turned in on time and, um, you know, th- all those things, managing employees, um, all the different hats that you wear. You know, you open up a business because you're passionate about that business. And then you kind of find yourself not doing that thing as much anymore because you're doing all the other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been the hardest thing for me is, is learning how to balance all of those and to find the time to go back and do the thing that I want, that, I, that I'm passionate about, which is baking. I want to talk about 2020. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go back almost a year ago now. Yeah. Um, to the announcement that yep. we were shutting down. Yep. What was going through your mind when you heard that? Well, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Um, anytime I was in my car or we would even put on the press conferences in the kitchen just to hear what was happening. Um, and when restaurants were closed, were, were shut down initially, um, we panicked. We're, we're luckily in a, in a location where we're all for carryout anyway. So I don't have a sit-down option. The city market does, but again, all the chairs were removed. That wasn't an option for people. Um, We weren't in that spot where we had to shut our doors. Um, We certainly had to change a lot of things. Um, Unfortunately, I wholesale, well, normally I'd say fortunately, I wholesale to a lot of people. Unfortunately, most of those places closed. So every restaurant we made bread for was shut down. Um, Every coffee shop we baked for was shut down. So we lost every single wholesale client for a time period, um, which meant I no longer had a job for a delivery driver because I had no deliveries to make. Um, We didn't have as much bread to make, so I didn't need my second bread baker. So we had to lay her and the driver off. And, you know, like I said before, I've never cried in public like that in my life. I, 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 I couldn't believe it. I was just in absolute tears laying two people off, two wonderful people off. Um, And they were comforting me. Like, it's okay, Cindy, we'll be back. It's it's not your fault. I'm like, I know. And I'm just yeah. sobbing. And um, you're not really like a forward emotional person. I'm not. Like I'm really not. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'll, I'll cry on the walk-in if I need to. But uh, <laughs> but no, I, I, I really don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, I'm not a, um, I don't wear my heart on my sleeve, I don't think necessarily. But um, but yeah, it was a really, it was a, it was a, a horrible day. Um, gr- luckily, I have wonderful friends. I have a wonderful husband. Um, I actually got home that evening and I was a hot mess I was getting ready to get in the shower and a friend of mine was the GM at another restaurant in town and she called me up and she said hey we're going to start selling off our wine at, at discount come buy some wine and I was like well can I come looking like garbage because I, I look like <laughs> yeah. you know I've been crying and I'm getting in the shower and she's like that's fine we're closed no one's here but me and the chef so I called another chef friend of mine I said hey I'm going up there he's friends with the owners and I said um, you want to meet me up there and we bought a bunch of wine and we literally sat outside on the bench and and drank way too much wine yeah um, it was just a horrible day. Yeah. Well, I horrible mean, it's day. devastating. Oh yeah. I mean, and you can't even you can't even get your head around it because, like, you realize you've lost all your clients. You you know you don't have to close your shop, but is anyone coming there? You know, my sister works in the city county building, so I would always be during the lead up to all of this. Are people still working? Are people still working? And she would text me. You know, here's what we found out here. You know, trying to give me updates. Um, but you, you just can't get your head around it because you have no idea what's tomorrow's press conference is going to mm-hmm. say. And um, 
it was just it was just overwhelming. Well, in 2020 had challenges already coming because of the construction that's <coughs> oh, going yeah. on, right? Close yeah. the entrances, change those. Yeah, and that really didn't happen for us until about September. So but we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. Yeah, right? we didn't know when, yeah. um, but we knew the city market entrance was going to be closed yeah. at some point. So <laughs> what changes did you make to your business to keep going? Well, what happened? What opportunities did you have? Uh, I've never delivered so many six-inch birthday cakes to the near north side of Indianapolis uh, than I did in those first few months. Um, luckily for us, like I said, we, we're not pigeonholed into just selling at the city market. We do have other avenues. Um, the Carmel Farmers Market, normally we do the winter market. It normally ends in March. And the last three weeks of March, they put us outside. They let us stay open, but they made us, made us go outside. Um, usually we're closed for April. Then May, we go to, back to Broadapol and Carmel. And in March, I started asking my customers, if I just keep showing up in April, will you keep coming? And they're like, yeah, because it was yeah. crazy. We, I mean, our sales those last three weeks of March were just insane. Yeah, well, it's like um, prepping. Yeah, well, and, and people were more comfortable coming there than going to a grocery mm-hmm. store. So we were doing very well. And I kept asking my customers, if I show up in April, will you come? They're like, yep, yep. One of my customers even said, if they won't let you come here, you can come to my driveway. Just set up my driveway. So I started asking some other vendors. I'm like, would you guys keep coming in April? And they're all like, yeah, I think I would. And then the volunteers heard us. And they're like, what are you guys talking about? I'm like, we want to come in April. So they're like, well, we don't have this parking lot space in April. But they got permission from the mayor's office to move us to the normal summer site. So we went out there for April. And the, the, the weeks of April, the Saturdays in April, were the biggest farmer's markets I've ever had in my life until May hit, of course. Mm-hmm. But, um, and we do very well at Carmel. Carmel is an amazing market for us. We have a wonderful clientele up there, wonderful customers. Um, and I couldn't believe what April was like. And there were only maybe 14 vendors or so that mm-hmm. set up. Um, and then we went right into the summer market. And the same thing, Broadapol and Carmel were exploding. It was just just crazy. Um, I was telling you a story earlier about a you know customer of mine who uh, reached out to me and asked if I would do some deliveries for her and ended up doing about 45 different deliveries for her that truly kept us afloat in, that, in those first few weeks until some of the government funding came into place for us. Um, but... Things like that are just, um, it was just, a, I, I hate the word, I, I, Molly Ely posted something recently about asking if people would quit using the word pivot, um, but right. you kind of had to, yeah. you know, and, and, and luckily my husband is that kind of thinker, he's a very right brain person, and he was like, let's get back on Market Wagon. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Another one of our members, yep. MarketWagon.com. He had done Market Wagon previously on his side of our business, Circle City Soups, um, but I had never done the Market Wagon aspect from my side of our shop, so we started putting bread and croissants and cookies and fruit bars and granola and then all of his soups and he was making all kinds of things breakfast pot pies and quesadillas and we were just coming up with all kinds of new menu items that would that would fit that model of home delivery um and again that saved us uh, you know saved us a ton um of stress because we knew we had that income coming in from those and those sales were just incredible um so just thinking outside of your normal path of what you know how you normally sell what else can we do um, and like I said, you know, everybody and their brother was had, had a birthday and they were only spending it at home with their immediate family. Mm-hmm. So the number of, of cake drops we did on porches was because we don't normally deliver to homes. Yeah, um, I've, I've been to almost every porch on the near <laughs> north side, I think, this last spring. So um, and then at the, the funny thing, too, is that like at the end of the day, because we would still make make things for retail sale in the shop. But if, if, you know, one o'clock came around and I still had four loaves of sourdough or six croissants, I would post on Facebook, here's what I still have. If you live on the near north side, let me know. And people would call the shop right away. And they're like, hey, I'll take those three loaves of bread and this. And I would literally just, on my way home, because I live north of downtown, I would just drop at people's houses and... 
here you go, here you go. What does it mean to you to have the support from your neighbors? Oh, it's it's just, it's incredible. I mean, um, we're, we're so fortunate. I mean, we have wonderful relationships with our, with our wholesale customers, with our, our retail um, customers, um, with other businesses. You know, we started partnering with Mike Gomez. Uh, Mike put together um, an app for people to order from about three of the vendors at the market who were still open that we would deliver to their homes. For our listeners who don't know who Mike Gomez I'm is, sorry. tell us Go- about his Gomez barbecue. barbecue. Gomez Barbecue. He's also in the city market and opening up soon on the east side, um, East 10th Street. But we... Um, you just had this really great network of people who wanted you to succeed. You know, the number of gift certificates, I mean, because everybody started promoting for businesses, support your local businesses by buying gift certificates. I mean, we were doing gift certificates like crazy. Um, just those things. And you know, that one cut, the customer I was telling about who had me do all the deliveries for her, when I noticed her name wasn't on the list, I asked her about that. And she told me that she's originally from Canada. She's moved to the United States um, many, many years ago. And she's an economist. And she's there's a principle in economy. And I can't think of what the principle was the name of it but it basically was investing in the future of something you want to see succeed and she's like i want you to still be here and i mean i just got tears i mm-hmm. mean i you know every time i tell it i get goosebumps but um but she really she really saved us uh, saved our lives that first few weeks until we had more revenue streams coming back in what would you tell others that want to start their own business what do you want them to know well, I, I didn't do this myself, but I always, when, when I was teaching at Ivy Tech in the baking department, I, you know, I'd always ask students what they wanted to do. And, you know, of course, a bunch of them, I want to open my own bakery. And I always say to people, work for someone for five years first. Learn what mistakes people make. Learn the good things people do. And, and be smart about your business then. Um, try not to be everything to everybody. You know, don't, don't um, try to offer everything that you possibly can imagine. Um, stick with something small and be really good at it and then kind of grow naturally. And that's really what we did. You know, the bread kitchen that we opened up four years ago or so just kind of grew out of what we were already doing. Um, But learn from other people, you know, by getting that experience working with people who know what they're doing, who seem to be successful, you'll learn the good, the bad, and the ugly, and hopefully not make any of the same mistakes that they do Mm -hmm. or that you've seen them do, or they've told you that they've done in their, in their growing. Um, But I think it just, be smart and know that you're going to be doing many things other than that one thing that you want to do. Yeah, so, for sure, for sure. Why does supporting local matter and why does being known as an Indiana original matter to you? Well, it's going to sound goofy, I suppose, but I think those of us who do go into these businesses, regardless of what it is, we're doing it because we're passionate about it. Um, you know, you can have a job and you can have you know, make a living doing anything. But I think there's just something different about people who, um, who open their own businesses, who um, have invested their time, talent, their own personal, you know, treasure into um, creating something. And I don't want to say it's always a better product, but I sure think most of the time it's a better product. Um, another chef recently sent me a, a Facebook or an email post or something about um, some big, some article about um, croissants being mass produced and how awesome they were and how they were just as good as handmade croissants in France. Mm -hmm. And of course I was like, bunk, you know, (laughs) Um, but, and again, you know, sure you can make anything mass produced. You can make a macaron mass produced, whatever. But I think um, when you find that shop, you know, not just me, the gallery, you know, I mean, Ben's a great friend of mine. Um, There's, there's so much that's put into those products so much thought, so much care. You know, my name is behind that. Mm-hmm. I want that to be good. 
um, I want someone to know that we really care about what we're making. Um, and it's a good product, you know. Um, I don't know. I suppose that sounds goofy, but that's, it, you know. It doesn't sound yeah. goofy. I mean, you're proud of what you do, right? Yeah. And you put that pride in the community and, you know, we all take care of yeah. each other. Right. And building those relationships. I mean, like I said, you know, the the number of customers we have who've just become great friends of ours, who have been so supportive of us and, and have just gone above and beyond when we've needed it. Um, it's just been amazing. And I think if we had a crap product and we were putting out, you know, junk, who would care? You know, who would who would care if we're still around? Yeah. And those you know? local people would tell you, too. Yeah. Yeah. Really. You know, like, oh, Cindy, I don't know yeah. about that. But yeah. Some of the, uh, the best worst critics. Yes. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Besides IndianOriginals.com and our app, where do we find out more about you and how do we support your business? Uh, well, our website, it's not very good right now. And I am aware of that. We're working on it. Uh, it's just CircleCitySuites.com. Uh, we post a lot on Facebook um, at Circle City Suites on Instagram. Um, we're on Twitter. We don't really use it a whole lot, but it's the same Circle City Suites except no S at the end. Um, but Instagram, we post a ton on in our business page too. Um, and then you can find us at City Market for our daily shop. We are moving um, the end of February to a new project on the near west side called 16 Tech. So we'll be moving out there the end of February. Um, we are at the Carmel Market year-round and at the Broderpool uh, Summer Market. Uh, and then we wholesale to so many different coffee shops and restaurants for bread around town. So lots of places. Mm-hmm. Mm. Market wagon. I am going to dig in on this plate. Please do. I have to take a picture first. But I have <laughs> been very well behaved. And I haven't eaten a single thing that's been staring at me this entire time. Cindy Hawkins, thank you so much for being our guest today on Local Matters. And thank you for doing your part to create healthier, stronger communities and more jobs in Indiana. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And thank you for listening to Local Matters, made possible by Indiana Originals, Indiana Gifts, and McFarling Foods. It's an honor to bring you incredible stories about Indiana Original businesses making a positive impact in Indiana and the entrepreneurs leading the way. Learn more about Why Local Matters at indianaoriginals.com and on our app, powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains. I'm Mel McMahon, and until next time, keep supporting local. Thanks for listening to Local Matters, brought to you by Indiana Originals, distributed by the All Indiana Podcast Network. Download the Indiana Originals app, powered by B&W Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Drains, and check out indianaoriginals.com.